0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Hordell, joined as always by Greg Crone Gregory, what's going on?
1: Ah, uh, Christopher, another another wonderful day in paradise. How are you?
0: Ah, uh, paradise being Glenside, Pennsylvania. Pretty much. <laughs> Love, uh, how is that? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks for asking. How, how are things on the East Coast right now?
1: Uh, you know, cold. Starting to get cold. That's pretty much where we're at.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I was I I was thinking about wearing long pants the other day, but elected against it and stayed with shorts.
1: I mean, it's it literally like I I want to wear shorts because I just enjoy uh, enjoy you know being. <laughs> I, I want to hear where this goes. They're yeah. much they're I much enjoy, more comfortable. I, but, I enjoy uh, the freedom. It's now it's now getting to the point where like long pants just have to be have to be worn. We're we're sitting in the 40s every day. It's been rainy oh. the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great.
0: Well, we have entered the peak of red flag fire season here. so this is a, it's a good time to be in uh, be in Northern California. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time. you never know when everything around you is going to catch on fire. That's always fun. yeah, it keeps you on your toes. The other night uh, and we also I don't want to get too far into this, but we also have a tree that's kind of leaning a little bit that's always worried me and uh, we had you know gusts up to fifty miles an hour the other night which triggered the red flag warning in California. And I kept thinking, yeah, if that falls, that's going to fall right into my bedroom while I'm sleeping. Not so not really sleep we, a ton.
1: Not really what we want to do. Uh, but that, anytime it gets windy around here, I have some pretty large, mm, pot, potentially looking like they're leaning trees. And I just look at my house and it's similar. It's like, if that were to go, it's, it's, that one's coming right into the bedroom. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really want to enjoy that.
0: Yeah, the part that really concerns me, and this'll be interesting if, you know, people f- to hear this if I am just suddenly missing at some point. So there are these giant, like very older, like plate glass windows uh, oh. above my above my head. Uh, and uh yeah, I, I feel like those panes that is definitely not safety glass is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so if those things fall, it's they're gonna fall directly onto my head and uh, good times. That but would be bad. look. We're not here to talk about my impending decapitation. We've got a lot going on in sports. We've got the Big Ten back where we found out when the NBA is going to start. We've got Week 8 in the NFL. And as always, I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me for all of the latest lines. And uh, some good stuff to talk about this week. Uh, Absolutely good stuff to talk about. Let's start in the Big Ten. Gregory, your your beloved Penn State Nittany Lions returned only to drop uh, the game... 36-35, Thirty-six to thirty-five, won a very controversial play at the end in overtime against Indiana. How'd you feel about this?
1: Penn State just rushing in the uh, beginnings of uh, seasonal depression with mm-hmm. their lackluster performance in Bloomington over the weekend. Uh, let's be honest: as soon as that play was called as a t- as a as a confirmed. Um, well, not confirmed, but the first – the the line judge throwing his – They called one. it a two-point conversion. Exactly. Yes. As soon as he said he was in, there was no review in the world that was going to overturn that, despite the fact that the nose of the ball clearly hits out of bounds before hitting the pylon and crossing the plane. Mm-hmm. Regardless, that's fine. I'm glad I don't have to pretend like this team that's poorly coached year in and year out has any sort of real shot at uh, – uh you know, contending in the Big Ten or even on a national stage. Mm. Uh it'll make this week's drubbing at the hands of Justin Fields <laughs> and Ohio State a lot more palatable. Um this is this is again, this just coincides with the 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 theme of my life here in the, the return of <laughs> the return of sports has brought really nothing but nothing but bad things for, for me and my sports fandom. Uh it started with Ben Simmons's knee, it ended with the Flyers dutifully being eliminated, the Phillies being completely lackluster, the Eagles just being the most confusing place. team in all First of football. First place, baby. That's fine. I told you last night what my prediction is for how this season is going to go and where it's going to, to uh, unfortunately end, uh, not end necessarily. Uh, Let, in that let's game. take one
0: thing at a time though. We've got, we'll talk NFL later sure. in the
1: show. P- Penn State stinks. Uh, it didn't. It, they, <laughs> they, they, they don't have it. Their, their play calling is mediocre. James Franklin, again, can't I uh, can't coach in game. I mean, mm. they they score that touchdown late and you should have just kept the ball and stayed in bounds for minus five and a half point betters of Penn State. They were thrilled. You accidentally scored a touchdown. Your defense has been relatively good all, all game for them, you know, for what you could ask for for game one. One easy stop. They, they're the ones that kept you in it and gave you an opportunity uh, to, to even get to that point. And what happens? They let you down. They fail you. And, mm. and that's just – it is what it is. Just – uh, I mean, I can only watch so many run option handoffs before I just <laughs> – I'm like, I don't care anymore. This is terrible.
0: Yeah, and it's not Trace McSorley under center. This is Sean Clifford. There's a lot to unpack in what you just said. First of all, Greg is absolutely positively not a James Franklin advocate. Uh, You you text me on basically a weekly (laughs) basis, whether Penn State's playing or not, saying something around the the lines of fire James Franklin.
1: I'm pretty Uh, confident that I wanted to fire anyone named Franklin throughout all of history.
0: Yeah I'm, that's the little running joke we had on the text that day yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, for the, for those not privy to our text exchanges which is you know just the common fans and not the United States government the the other thing that I want to talk about there is you mentioned at the hands of Justin Fields former Penn State Nittany Lion recruit Justin Fields yes you think I... you think he would look better running that that uh that RPO offense that they're giving to Sean Clifford right now?
1: Uh, just a little bit. Uh the guy who's consensus like the number 2 overall quarterback in this upcoming NFL draft. He's been an yeah. un- unreal Heisman candidate. Uh you know, it's it's the least shocking thing in the world. It's it's uh it'd be so it'd be so great if if this talented genius recruiter could could actually get a quarterback. Like just find one. Yeah. Find one. Well
0: the the other thing that really hurts is that you know, the, the two guys at the top of that class at one point, and both end up decommitting, though one recommits, is are Micah Parsons and Justin Fields. And Parsons did not opt back in. He was one of the handful of superstars who stuck with their opt-out rather than coming back when the college season was announced. It'd be nice to have him on that defense uh, right now. Oh, God. This, this may actually... I don't know. I don't know if this is insulting or not, honestly. Um bovada has penn state as the fourth best odds to win the big 10 at plus 1600 where how do you feel about that
1: i mean that's probably where they belong and my guess is the people ahead of them are like ohio state obviously wisconsin mm-hmm. and michigan yeah even though wisconsin losing graham mertz to to actual covid along that with along with his backup i read today
0: uh, yes
1: um that's gonna yeah. be tough to overcome for the batteries. His backup is
0: Chase Wolf uh Chase Wolf. They'll be going with fourth stringer, an amazing name, a guy I'm rooting for immediately, and I hope he becomes an NBA, NFL draft prospect or NBA draft prospect. Whatever happens, happens. Danny Vandenboom.
1: <laughs> he definitely wins in the name department. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, I, I
0: would I want Boom to be my last name.
1: <laughs> um I like it. I'm I'm in on that. But I I think potentially you could move them above Wisconsin. Like if Penn State somehow manages to pull off a miracle and win this this Sunday or Saturday in Happy Valley. Like uh, yeah, sure we can we can pretend like that's a realistic thing. Um, but I, I don't think they jump over anybody odds wise in in those situations. The only thing would be. Because of Wisconsin's COVID issues, like that could be the potential case. There's nobody below them that really could could you know that I think deserves to be higher than them. I mean, Rutgers put a shellacking on a, a very bad Michigan State team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland got what trounced by Northwestern. Um, yeah. who, who else? But Iowa. Minnesota, Minnesota
0: got beat up by Michigan. Yeah,
1: they, they they're they're unfortunately
0: Iowa lost to Purdue.
1: That's what it was, Iowa Purdue. Unfortunately, after last year's sort of miracle run for for Minnesota, I don't know if they have the the horses again this year to, to kind of keep that up. I know they were also dealing with some some roster issues as well. So, uh, I mean, I think it's kind of the right spot for for Penn State there. I don't know if I'd put money on Penn State there, uh-huh. um, but but I think that's that's where they belong odds wise. How
0: uh, how do you feel about so before that game starts, we learn that. Penn State's top running back and a guy who was considered a potential probably day two ish pick in the NFL draft, uh, Journey Brown is going to be out for the entire season with an undisclosed illness and or undisclosed medical issue, I should say. And then early in the game, Noah Kane gets hurt. We learned today he's also out for the season. So you know the Ricky Slades of the world and uh, and the guy who is the obvious choice that I'm forgetting are uh, Devin Ford, uh, are going to be the guys to carry the load for Penn State this year. We talked about how deep that running back room was. Well, they're going to need it now.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we, the, the well dried up very quickly uh, when you talk about the, the running back position at Penn State. It's a bummer, man, because I was excited to watch, to watch Journey Brown really get an opportunity to be the feature back. Um, and unfortunately, it's not going to be the case this year. And now you're, you're you're going back to guys you you tried to rely on a little bit last year, and it, it it didn't didn't work well, and it didn't look good against Indiana. And you can you can say no real preseason lead up, you know mm-hmm. the weird year. You can you can say all that, but the, the, it just it didn't look it didn't look good against a mid tier uh, Big Ten team. It's, I don't think it's going to look much better when the competition stiffens up.
0: What other games did you watch in the Big Ten last weekend?
1: Uh, I watched uh, watched some of the Wisconsin game Friday night because I was jacked oh, up for the Big Ten being back, uh, and
0: Mertz was incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, he really was. I mean, you can't you can't. What was it like twenty of twenty one or nineteen of twenty mm-hmm. with five touchdowns? Uh, truly living up to that five star that five star bill. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Um, and then like. Outside of that, the only other game I really checked in on was just Ohio State to see how bad we were going to get waffled (laughs) next week, and I found out very. Yeah, I found out pretty quickly that uh, yeah, that team's just as good. Uh, What bothers me about when they play at Ohio State is the camera angle seems higher up. Like Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I can just see more of the field because of it, and it throws me off from an orientation standpoint. Uh, but it just bo- it bothered me while I was watching that game. They threw like a, you know, they throw the, the sweeping uh, like toss plays to the running back, and you're like, like this, the camera's just moving weird. I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. it. F- fix that up, Fox. What are we doing here?
0: Yeah, come on, Fox, get in the game. What are you listening. doing here? Yeah, well, yeah, every, a lot of the higher ups at Fox, probably even who is Rupert Murdoch still in charge of Fox?
1: I'm pretty sure that guy's dead.
0: All right, that sounds right to me as well. Um,
1: Actually, I no, know. sorry yeah, I, I,
0: was, I was taking that back uh, I'm pretty sure Rupert Murdoch is not dead Also Rupert Grint not dead Rupert Murdoch is 89 years old And he is very much not dead
1: I was thinking uh, Roger Ailes Ran Fox News That's who I was thinking of My apologies
0: to, to the Ailes and Murdoch families Can you imagine how horrified The Murdoch family was just then? When they learned from us that Rupert Murdoch may have passed,
1: they had to be very, very concerned.
0: We apologize, and uh, we, you know, we won't fact check that after the afterwards. But yeah, Mertz was awesome. Um, Fields was Fields was really good. Talk about Mertz being awesome. Fields was also twenty of twenty one for two seventy six and two scores. He has a uh, the one thing I would say that maybe Penn State can uh, can look to exploit a little bit. Aside from Fields, and I know it's funny when you say this and they had 215 yards rushing, but no individual other than Steel Chambers really ran the ball all that well. Trey Sermon and Master Teague, which is, by the way, another one of the great names in in sports, both right around four, right under four, weren't amazing. Uh, so I don't know, maybe, it, maybe that running game is something that you just kind of let them go with and try and key on stopping the Garrett Wilsons and the Chris Alave. So, by the way, Chris Alave, man, that is a smooth wide receiver, and that, that's a guy who's going to be a first-round pick come April. Maybe you just uh, you know try and stop them, make Ohio State run the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did like what I saw without even without Micah Parsons from Penn State's linebacking crew. Like, I, I think that they can try to contain that running game just a little bit. Uh, but the, the secondary is uh, questionable at best, and that's kind of where I—that's uh, where I have to sit with it. So, I mean, we'll see how uh, guys like Joey Porter Jr., who's now my new favorite player in all mm-hmm. of Penn State land, uh, comes to play in, in a much bigger atmosphere than uh, than Bloomington.
0: By the way, I thought the the stuff for, um, for Nebraska was funny because their leading rusher was their starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez. Their uh, second leading rusher was their backup quarterback, Luke McCaffrey. Marti- Martinez with 85 yards, McCaffrey with 80. McCaffrey, obviously, uh, notably the younger brother of Carolina Panthers running back, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. And, and an interesting player to watch. I believe he's a Michigan transfer, and that segues nicely into this Michigan team. So you didn't get to watch Michigan at all. I'm, I'm I'm interested in your take on their new quarterback, Joe Milton.
1: I didn't I didn't get to watch a ton. I was enthralled with uh, other other sporting events that were going on during during that time frame. Namely, uh, no, I guess the World's yeah the World Series was on on Saturday. That was the the craziness game. Mm. Uh, so I was I was busy watching the 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 World Series, unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately. Ah, this this pinnacle level sporting event. And I was watching that, and I didn't get to watch. I didn't get to watch Michigan beat up on a team that wasn't even close to their level. So I, I, think, I think you was, really lost out there, man.
1: I think it was more the disappointment where I was like, "How dumb was I that I sided with Minnesota when it came to the uh, the, the the gambling odds?" And uh, mm. it just it just it just wasn't fun to keep that game on uh, after after like the first quarter.
0: Yeah. So I I mentioned these earlier. I want to I'm going to give you these Pveda lines one more time and I want to know where I guess I guess if you're not taking the obvious choice in Ohio State where your money is going to go, who presents value. We've got Ohio State the very clear favorite at -475. We've got Wisconsin at +550, Michigan at +600, Penn State +16, Minnesota +2000, Purdue +3000 all the way down to the Maryland's and the Illinois of the world plus a hundred thousand. If you can't take Ohio state, where's your money going?
1: Uh, I would have said Wisconsin if it wasn't for the Graham Mertz situation, if mm-hmm. they can somehow manage to, to maintain, I think, I think the rule is, is that the, the COVID positive people have to sit out for like 21 days, 21 days. Yeah. That's seems ex- extensive to me, but whatever. Um, it's, I would have said Wisconsin because I think I think without a real quarterback and being able to do more than just run the ball between the tackles like they've done for I don't know like four decades, uh, it'd be it'd be an interesting Wisconsin team to have. Mm. Um, I don't mind Michigan I think I think Harbaugh has the, he's taken so much flack over the years for not winning the big games. Uh, I think there's a real possibility that this year he can kind of put it all together. Uh, you get away from Shea Weber, who clearly didn't have it. I mean, you knew after the first year that it wasn't going to be good, and then you go into year two of him, and it was it was just as disappointing as the first uh, the first iteration of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you you had to like what you saw uh, from Michigan in in that situation. I think I think between the two, Michigan and and Wisconsin, because of the health and not having those roster issues like that, Michigan's got to be the way to go.
0: Yeah, these next two weeks are gonna be critical for Wisconsin. They've got Nebraska this weekend and Purdue next weekend. Two games that you would think very winnable, but that arithmetic changes when you're playing with your fourth string quarterback, Danny Vanden Boom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it becomes a much a much, much different situation when you're rolling out the um the four-string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska stinks. Why do, I don't understand why we continuously pretend like Nebraska ever matters in the Big oh, Ten.
0: because Scott Frost is the head coach.
1: Yeah, he's been the head coach. I heard somebody, and I can't... I'm trying to think who it was. It, uh, was, it was me. No, I'm, I'm, for all... Actually, it might have been you. Uh, <laughs> somebody making the excuse like, uh, well, Scott Frost is still dealing with all of Mike Riley's guys, and they mm-hmm. run different offenses, and it's like, yeah, man, that's fine, but we don't see any improvement. Like, we don't see. It's not like okay, so we're we're two years removed, going on year three from Mike Riley being the head coach at Nebraska. Like that guy had an XFL job, and a league started <laughs> and, a league started and folded since uh-huh. this has all occurred, and we're still trying to blame the, the 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 lack of success on Mike Riley. I just think nobody cares about Nebraska, and it's hard to recruit there. It's hard to get. You have to be you have to be as pinpoint accurate with your recruiting and getting guys who are gonna make differences out of that three and and two uh, three and four star level caliber guys. like you have to be perfect in that situation because Nebraska is not marquee anymore. This isn't Tom Osborne, Nebraska. you know what mm. I mean? this is this is two decades of being terrible, Nebraska. Yeah. and it's Tommy Frazier
0: is not coming out the tunnel
1: right. And it's also not it's not UCF where, uh, you're in Florida. You can pitch the the Florida weather, the atmosphere, that sort of thing. You're you're talking about Nebraska, the <laughs> middle of nowhere. I've been there. I've been to Omaha. There's not a lot to do. You know what I mean? So so th- there's a lot of challenges there with with trying to bring that that program back to even any semblance of competitive. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's possible right now.
0: Let me see if I can change your mind a little bit on Wisconsin right now. I'm going to give you some uh, information on Danny Boom. Vandenboom. Danny Vandenboom is a 6'5", 207-pound junior. He is from Kimberly, Wisconsin. And Gregory, what if I were to tell you that Danny Vandenboom is arguably the most successful quarterback on a statistical basis in all of college football right now? He's played one game. It was in 2018. It was against the University of New Mexico. Uh, they won 45-14. Danny Vandenboom has thrown one pass in his career he has completed it for 3 yards and a touchdown. His quarterback rating, uh, his his rating is 455.2, which I imagine is the is the perfect number. And his <laughs> Q, and his QBR uh, is a 100. Danny Vandenboom, the next number 1 overall pick in the draft. I'm guessing we're going to see a Joe Burrow like ascension from Danny Vandenboom.
1: I was just going to say I think he's he's automatically left right into the top 3 for the Heisman. Um yeah. just just on past history alone. Um, I—I I mean, you, you got to feel for a dude like that being put in this spot with why no... this is a dream. Like yeah, you, you, you almost... think,
0: you think Danny Vandenboom expected to get much playtime otherwise?
1: That's also the problem, though. There, there, there's two types of attitudes of guys that sit on the bench. Believe me, I know. I was a guy that sat on the bench a lot uh, when it came to to, to high school football. Um, I was one of the guys that wanted to get out there. But I sat next to guys and, t- and was with other guys that were more than happy uh, with standing on the sidelines and just being part of the atmosphere. Uh, and when their number did get called, it was like, oh no, oh no, you know what I mean? Uh, deer in the headlights situation. And I, I don't, I, I, I just hope he's not that guy. I hope he's more of the give me the ball, let's, let's go. I want to add on to my one career completion uh, moving forward
0: look, the the person you've just described does not sound like my Danny Vanden Boom. <laughs> Danny Vanden Boom is a gamer. If I know one thing about Danny Vanden Boom, and it's worth pointing out that I don't, it's that he's a gamer.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is.
0: All right. Let's move on. The NBA recently announced they're targeting a december twenty second return date for the season only about two months after the others the the previous season ended. We're about to have the NNBA draft in, I guess, about three weeks now, on November 18th. The draft's going to be virtual. I was kind of hoping we were going to get some kind of in-person draft, just as a return to normalcy, but that's not the case, and probably safer with the fact that there, you know, we're seeing cases spike all over the place right now. A week later, free agency's going to start, and uh, you know, basically a month after the draft, we're going to have basketball again. How do you feel about this 12-22 start date?
1: So I think the the quick turnaround is tough right it's yeah. tough for uh, the teams that went deep in the playoffs you talk about the lakers you talk about the heat uh you know it's it's going to be a a a very quick uh and tall task to really to really kind of get ready again to to get back into the swing of playing and uh, but i think this is more for the regularity and maybe it was you that i was talking to or um, that I had heard this or read this somewhere else, that really the idea of getting this started as soon as possible is to make sure that the next year isn't thrown off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fully get that. Like, I get why the NBA's thought process is like that. You would think that two seasons from now, we'd be back to, to way more normalcy than, than where we're at now. Um, you know, the 21-22 season being, being a completely different ball game. Um, so I get why they're doing it. I find it tough for the players in this situation. Like, you would just yeah. ask them to quarantine for, th- for some of them for three months in a bubble. Like, and you've now given, what, the, that NBA Finals ended, what, two weeks ago, uh, early October? You're talking about almost maybe, what, two months and a week off before we're getting right back into the swing of things? I don't, I don't think there would be plenty of teams that are happy about that.
0: Yeah, it looks to me like the last finals game was on October 11th. And, you know, some of the Lakers have come out and said, well, Danny Green came out and said, uh, you yeah, know, well, if, if, we, if we're going to start on the 22nd, I don't know if LeBron and I are going to be there. LeBron and I. you're First of all, you're Danny Green. All right, Dan, settle down, relax. Danny. Yeah, like, you'd just be happy to be invited in the first place. Like, settle down, dude. But there are some other elements at play here, you know. One, the NBA lost uh, an estimated $1.5 billion on what they thought they were going to make in the revenue last season. They, re- they did manage to recoup some during the bubble. They did a nice job there, but it's it's still a loss. The earlier start date uh, allegedly is going to allow them to make an extra $500 million on their, their top line revenue for next season. So let's not kid ourselves. $500 million is a, is a lot of money. And the other issue here, and this is actually one of the more fascinating things, you talk about the short recovery time. One of the big reasons that we're trying to get this, well, we're, the NBA is trying to get this season started as early as possible is so that NBA players could still potentially play in the 2021 Olympics. So we're now running into a situation where, granted, these players had three and a half months off in the middle of the season unexpectedly, but they come back, play the remainder of their season, then we have a short off season, go into a 72 game season with a, a play in is what it's looking like. It looks like the play ins are here to stay and I for one am for that. And then we're going to like, oh, hey top guys, by the way, go play again in the Olympics and then have a short summer and come back and play again in 2122.
1: Buddy, that Olympic team has the 2004 men's basketball team Oh yeah, uh, written all over it—a a a very brilliant bronze medal.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is sad too, because this was probably going to be LeBron's last Olympic team.
1: Yeah, yeah, and now who knows if he even participates?
0: Yeah, you would think it's going to be more geared towards younger players. It's going to be geared towards players who maybe their teams aren't making aren't making runs into the playoffs. But you know, I would think that there a handful of top guys will probably still be there. I just don't. It you know that starting lineup is not going to be LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden, and uh, and so on so on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, to me, I I think that the they're going to really struggle to get the guys that they would really want, even the younger crowd, uh, with this much basketball being played in in what feels like a very compressed period of time. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I let me let me counter argue that, and the reason I don't know if that's true is that you know I've been around basketball players and the thing that basketball players really really like is playing basketball now <laughs> there's a thing that there's the thing you know the older guys do want to rest but look look what happened with Trey Young Trey Young got in trouble because he couldn't stop himself from going and playing and pick up basketball games when we were supposed to be in, in a lockdown there's that's why I think we might see a team that's made up more of guys who aren't making the playoffs. But if you're looking at, so, okay, I have the NBA championship odds at Bavada in front of me, and I want to look at some of the the lowest teams. Here you go. Let's, let's right now, we'll settle this for the NBA. (laughs) Let's come up with our Olympic team for 2021, for the 2021 Olympics, Greg, and we're going to make it only out of players in the, the bottom 10. So non-playoff teams. Those teams are the Charlotte Hornets, the New York Knicks, the Detroit Pistons, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were all plus fifty thousand at Bovada. If you're looking to, uh, you know, put a couple of shekels down, uh, we've got the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Washington Wizards, the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's it. So let's go. Let's run through these team by team real quick. Is there a player who should be playing on our olympic team. Charlotte Hornets. Mm. it's basically Devonte Graham yes or no?
1: Yeah, he'd probably be there.
0: Okay, well we'll just we're, we'll just make a list right now and then we'll we'll pare it down. We have the New York Knicks. So you're looking oh, RJ Barrett's Canadian so that's not going to happen. LaMelo uh,
1: isn't uh LaMelo,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we're not going to let's not include rookies All right, here that's for, this, fine. for the sake of it. Uh I don't, uh, I don't I don't know if the Knicks know. have anybody. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks might be a no for me honestly. Uh, why so Kevin Knox is obviously a, a little bit of a, a disappointment for them. Um, Reggie they're bringing Reggie Bullock back. I don't think that really helps. Mitchell Robinson eh, I don't know. Julius Randle is cancerous. I don't know. Is Mitchell Robinson on the list just so we have a big guy? Potentially? I
1: think you, I think you put him on the list, but I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. All right, he's on our invite committee.
0: Uh, Bring we'll, him to the we'll, tryouts. That's that's what I'm basically saying. Yeah, it's one uh, one phrasing or the other. The Detroit Pistons. So we're talking, you know, Blake Griffin, who you have. I don't know. Is does, does Blake see this as an opportunity to to sort of? reignite his star or is this a case where this guy needs as much rest as possible
1: i think he would play i think he would play strictly for the fact that he's a guy that wants to do so much outside of the basketball world and being on the olympic stage gives him that exposure not only here but also internationally
0: okay are we bringing in luke Kennard to our tryout team because we need shooters
1: pretty much i think you have to just with the way that international basketball is played
0: Congratulations, Luke Kennard. You're probably not making an Olympic team otherwise. Uh, though I like Luke Kennard. the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this is Colin Sexton and Andre Drummond. I guess who are are we interested in any of these people?
1: Listen, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna not invite the sex man to uh, to to my Olympic team. So I'm in on both of them. Drummond's pro- a prolific rebounder. He's got to hit the boards. He can be physical in that game. And and Sexton's fine. I'm fine with that.
0: Uh, Kevin Love, former Olympic player, yes or no? Stretch four, stretch five for the Olympics.
1: W- Wiley, veteran. I'm in. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. Kevin Love is on our invite team. Let's go, um, San Antonio Spurs. So we have uh, we have Demar Derozan and uh, you know a handful of other. In- well, I guess we have a handful. Derek White was actually on the last uh, the last team basically. So. Uh, I don't know. Is what do we think on the Spurs?
1: I think you have to invite DeRozan. I think you have to just based off of name value alone. You need someone that people are going to potentially recognize.
0: Do we, does Derek White get the callback or is this have we moved on?
1: I think we've moved on from Derek White at the international level.
0: All right, D. White, hey, you had your run. The Sacramento Kings. This is this is a little bit of an interesting one. Obviously, you have to think De'Aaron Fox is the early candidate to be our starting point guard.
1: Absolutely, a hundred percent on that list. Can the, we? Anybody get, else? Can we get American citizenship for Bogdan? If uh, we can
0: get the, that, the Crones love Bogdan. Yes.
1: If we can get that, then I'm in. Uh, but outside of that, I don't think the Kings have much. You could, uh, I guess. Harrison actually, Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, why not? I mean he's a guy with Olympic experience, etc. Um, he's always good for 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 some production. I almost said Willie cauley Stein, but I forgot he's not on the Kings anymore.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, and you know, Marvin Bagley's been hurt so much, I don't think we can uh we can yeah, you invite can't roll those Bagley. dice. The Orlando Magic, obviously, we're gonna start with Markel Foles.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Get out of here.
0: Uh, no, but seriously, on the Magic, that's the Portland Trailblazers. That that is not the Orlando Magic. I think the Magic maybe wish that was the case. Uh, you know, Fournier is not American. And what about Aaron Gordon?
1: Yeah, again, a name value yeah, it can stretch the floor a little bit. I'm fine with Aaron Gordon.
0: All right, Aaron Gordon makes our tryout list. And uh, by the way, the Magic plus thirty thousand at Bovada. I don't I don't think that's the absolute worst uh gamble in the world i think this is if everything goes right they're a team that can get a lot better with uh chumo kike coming back from basically red last year you have you know jonathan Isaac coming back um mo bamba that's uh, that's an interesting young magic team oh, plus Plus thirty
1: thousand feels high for that team
0: i agree that's what i'm saying i agree yeah. all right minnesota timberwolves this leads to the question of I don't remember what cat's status is because I know he played for the Dominican Republic at one point, but I don't know if he's, I don't remember if he's eligible to play for the U S.
1: Hmm. Well, that's something we have to research.
0: Yeah. Well, uh-huh. all right, we'll, we'll put him on the list just in case I, cause I do think there was something about he would be eligible because of when he played for the Dominican Republic. And I believe that was a, was that Calipari uh, coaching that Dominican Republic team? I think so,
1: yeah.
0: Uh D'Angelo Russell, yeah yeah or nay.
1: I would have yeah, I think you have to. NBA All-Star.
0: NBA All-Star D'Angelo Russell. All right. Our next team is uh plus seventeen fifty. I don't know how they're somehow somehow lower odds than the magic, but plus seventeen fifty at Bavada, the Washington Wizards. Where are we? This is so obviously your your brother's best friend makes the team, but who else do we consider for this roster? Uh,
1: Do you do you consider John Wall?
0: Uh, I think I think yes, and I think he probably does it because he wants to prove he's back.
1: I I think I think you have to. I think he's one of the guys who's on the veteran end of this. Even though I don't think he's played for the USA. Eh, maybe, he has, maybe he has. He has. He yeah. has. He absolutely has. Okay. Well,
0: he's our he's our wily veteran. Yeah, he's the he's, leader.
1: He's in the Kevin Love the Kevin Love department.
0: Uh it seems like that's pretty much the beginning and end of the list. Obviously, Bradley Beale is the player I alluded yes. to before for the ah. listeners. But mm-hmm. uh-huh. but uh yeah, I don't there's not another like Troy Brown Jr.'s not not coming to the Olympics, and nope. I don't think Tom Bryant is either. And uh, our last team of eligible players is gonna be all right, here we go. The Memphis Grizzlies at plus twelve fifty at Bavada, they we're gonna add some talent to the roster right now. And this is funny because the Grizzlies, you know, a playoff team last year. <laughs> um so, you know, begins and ends with uh with <laughs> the, the superstar point guard whose name is skipping Wouldn't Oh my god.
1: Th- now now you have me, uh you have me losing a John ja Moran. Yes, ja that's Morant. what it is. <laughs> uh,
0: so John ja Moran obviously on the list. And anyone else? Uh, are we are we bringing uh, JJJ?
1: I was just gonna say, depending on his health, because obviously you had the ACL in the bubble. Uh, JJJ's got to be considered. He was he was on fire for them before getting hurt.
0: All right, so we have our list. How we curr-
1: how are the Hawks not a part of this?
0: Well, let's. I'm gonna include the Hawks because really, I started this list because I was thinking about Trey Young. The Hawks. Uh, honestly we have to go a while uh up next we would have all right so this is a case of okay this is a case of people being out of order john Morant is now off the list so is Jar- <laughs> so is jaron jackson jr oh no uh We've odds have been up of our talent right odds have been updated but the position within the tables hasn't been hasn't been updated so memphis is, is still plus 1250 but the hawks bulls and pacers are tied for plus fifteen hundred. We have to pick the worst of that group. Uh, plus, uh, do we? Who do we think is the worst roster here? Hawks, Bulls, Pacers. So I think the, Hawks are oh, Hawks or Bulls?
1: Yeah, I think the Bulls roster is worse. Okay, because so I think the Hawks have a lot of good young talent.
0: Okay, so regardless, <laughs> Trey Young remains off of our roster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, this, bring,
0: this brings us the conversations are Zach Levine, Otto Porter, and Wendell Carter Jr.
1: I, I think all three of them deserve invites. All right, Zach. And, but here. The, 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 there is another guy on the, on the Bulls who I would at least consider.
0: Uh, I, I least, can't wait
1: to hear this. I would at least consider Kobe White as a part of it. I'm not saying that he's going to make the team, but I'd bring him in for a look.
0: Greg, you don't know how excited I am to hear you say that, and I may play this for Anshu later. I'm a big <laughs> Kobe White fan. Aren't you not? And oh. Aren't you? Aren't you a Bulls fan?
1: I, I knew I knew he was a Bulls fan, So I'm surprised to hear that. And and maybe maybe it's because of my limited viewing of the Bulls, and, and I'm not as versed as him. But I I think he's he's a legitimate piece off off the bench for for the Chicago Bulls. You know, averaged
0: 13 points as a rookie. This yeah, is just, this is a good basketball player. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, also, obviously, Ryan Archidiakno on the list.
1: <laughs> well villanova zone
0: how could you not all right we have one two three four five six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen eighteen players on our list we got to cut six of them to get to our roster uh of the what i'm i basically broke them up into bigs middle uh bigs middles and smalls uh our, our smalls, are our guards, our combos, we have Devontae Graham, Luke Kennard, Colin Sexton, DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, D'Angelo Russell, John Wall, Brad Beal, Zach Levine, and Kobe White. Our middles, are our versatile wings, we have Blake Griffin, Harrison Barnes, Aaron Gordon, and Otto Porter Jr., and our bigs, Wendell Carter Jr., Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Love, and Carl Anthony Towns. We have to shave six guys Really, we probably need to cut down these guards because the guard group is way bigger than everybody else.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces there. Um,
0: so let's let's start with the big guys. Uh, Towns, Love, Robinson, Carter Jr. Who are we cutting?
1: I think you cut uh, Mitchell Robinson. I think Wendell Carter has the better upside in this situation.
0: Oh, and also I didn't add Andre Drummond to the list, so uh, apologies to Andre Drummond. First, you get so viciously dumped by Janine McCurdy and now you don't make our list of hypothetical players who could be invited to the Olympics. That's got to be a disappointment. It's rough. I think you're only making $28 million last year, next year, so <laughs> hard times in the Drummond household. Good,
1: good luck All recovering.
0: Right. Mitch is gone. Uh, our middles here, we got Blake, Barnes, Gordon, and Porter. Anybody you cutting? Anybody loose?
1: <sighs> Otto Porter, probably. He's probably the guy that I move out of there. Thanks yeah. for coming
0: health dependent with Porter. When when he's uh, when he's healthy, really valuable guy Is a three-point shooter and defensive player, just solid glue guy, but hasn't been healthy. So now we have six spots left for our combo guards. We have, I believe, 10 combo guards. So Devontae Graham, Luke Kennard, Sexton, DeRozan, Fox, Russell, Wall, Beal, Levine, and White. Who definitely makes it? Let's start there.
1: So I think Wall and Beal have to make it.
0: Okay, that they're on our final. DeRozan. I think, and I think Fox.
1: DeRozan and Fox have to be the next two. And So, now, so I wanna
0: stop i want to stop you right here because at this point we have two spots left for Devontae Graham, Kennard, Sexton, Russell, Levine, and Kobe White.
1: I think the other two have to go to Russell and Graham. I think Graham's the better of all the remaining Le- guys.
0: Z- leaving Zach Levine off the list—it's
1: it's tough. So th- it, it it I think, ah, man, those would be the final two. I think D'Angelo Russell's in over both of them, okay. and then between Levine and Devontae Graham, it's it's a really really close decision. And I may just be uh, Levine or uh, Graham's the better of the two as an outside shooter. I know it's not like a, a blowing out of the water contest or a. You know he's not. No, you know, Greg, it is a blowing
0: out of the water contest. He, he's not. Gr- he's
1: not. He's not blowing Zach Levine like out of the water when you compare the two numbers. But I Greg, think yeah,
0: thirty-seven point three from three last year on nine point three attempts. Yeah. For Greg,
1: I, I think I think that that would just have to be the way I would lean in this situation. Is, as tough as it is,
0: Levine thirty-eight percent on eight attempts. So very very similar in terms of the three point shooting. The only thing that is different. Levine shot 45 percent from the field, and this is this actually shocked me. Devonte Graham shot 38 percent from the field.
1: Well, now that you're bringing these percentages in, maybe my mind changes.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Levine makes our list I think over
1: Graham here. Zach Levine's definitely the better of the two overall. And now that the stats are reading, I thought I thought three-pointer wise, Graham would be better. Um, yeah, maybe. I think it has to be Levine.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the thirty-seven three to the thirty-eight zero when when Graham takes you know another three a game. We'll call that roughly equivalent. But the fact that we're talking about thirty-eight percent to forty-five percent from the field now, that's you bad. know, Graham gives you seven and a half assists a game, and that's not something Levine does. But uh, yeah, all right, our roster, <laughs> and this is very very contingent upon our best player being available for the uh, for for the United States. Our guards are John Wall, Bradley Beal, DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, D'Angelo Russell, and Zach Levine. Our, our our wings are Blake Griffin, Harrison Barnes, and Aaron Gordon. And our center is Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Kevin Love, and if he's available, Carl Anthony Towns.
1: Exactly. How, how are we
0: feeling about this?
1: A team that can compete, there's no doubt about it. I, I think they'll struggle with some of the top-tier uh, the top-tier teams, your Spain, your uh, team Luka Doncic. Um, Slovenia. Yeah. I think I think you'll you'll definitely have more competitive games in those situations. Uh, but like I said before, it feels like a 2004 bronze medal team, and that's, that's kind of still what it feels like.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Because I'm looking at this 2004 team, and this team we're putting out this year would get just – the uh, hot steaming crap taken on them by the, tw- the t- 2004 team.
1: Oh, the 2004 team had talent. They this ros- the
0: roster was Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, Dwayne Wade, Carlos Boozer, Carmelo, LeBron, Emeka Okafor, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire Duncan, Odom, and RJ, Richard Jefferson.
1: That I don't know is. How that team doesn't win the gold medal.
0: Well, I think that was a function of they kind of just assumed they would. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you're also talking about young LeBron. Like, you're talking about 19-year-old LeBron, I think this is what this says.
0: LeBron, yeah, LeBron was 19. The the vets on this team, AI was the veteran of 29, Marbury was 27, and uh, Matrix was 26, Duncan was 28. Everybody else, very, very young. Uh, LeBron, 19, Mello, 20, Wade, 22. Etc. And Mecca Okafor somehow made that roster. I guess he was the number one pick in the draft.
1: That is, that's insane.
0: Amari that's, was twenty one as well.
1: Yeah, it's wow. What a it, the the thing that throws it off there is because you see the name LeBron, right? You see yeah, that right, pop right. off the sheet, and then you go, Ah, but it's nineteen year old LeBron, nineteen year old LeBron, and thirty three year old LeBron or at this, in this case, 35-year-old LeBron, I think, right now, are two wildly different players. So I don't see how, Greg. Yeah. You're
0: talking the 19-year-old more athletic? Is that what you're saying? Uh, Otherwise, basically so- the same?
1: Somehow, the the 35-year-old more athletic. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> um, but no,
0: 19, it's... 19-year-old LeBron, uh, rookie season LeBron, played, the, by the way, the only time he didn't make an all-star team, probably should have, honestly, <laughs> played 79 games, averaged 20 points, uh 5.5 rebounds, 5.9 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.9 blocks, 41% from the field, you know, a far cry from anything he would ever shoot again for his career. The next lowest was 47% and that was his next season and 29% from 3. Man.
1: That's that's insane. To think about being a 19-year-old LeBron scoring 20 a game in the NBA, and then just launching off into the best player, one of the best players in, in basketball history. Uh, it's pretty incredible, to be perfectly yeah. honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I look, I think we did a great duty for our country today. I I really wanted to talk about Week 8 games in the NFL, but I don't think we're going to get there at this oh. point. The, uh, the one and only game I'll, I'll bring up is, let's talk... Eggles-Cowboys, Greg Crone, um, uh, I'm pulling the lines up if, right now because I randomly had other stuff open. Sorry, what were you saying?
1: I was going to say, before you, before you get to the line, the Eagles are the most frustrating team in all of, in all of football. Like, the they, they, that, are. they are. The, the fact that Thursday's game had to be a nail-biter and it took like, com- comedy from the Giants for us to be, still be in it is, is insane.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody points to that that Daniel Jones stumble, but they did actually score a touchdown on that drive. It's yeah, not they like did. they didn't score. Absolutely. Um, where is this? <laughs> where is the Philadelphia Eagles line? I interestingly enough, looks like don't have a line for it, could, it on it Bovada be, right now.
1: It could be because they're still not sure about Andy Dalton potentially potentially being in and out. Um if Andy Dalton's not playing and the Eagles don't pitch a shutout the game's considered a loss. Oh, if-
0: stop it! That they still have Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott. Who, oh, yes, he's struggled, but these really, really good players on that offense, at least in terms of the the skill positions. And I know it's Ben DiNucci, if uh, it's not Dalton. But I, I'm a shutout. The only, the only actual win being a shutout is ridiculous. I'm Swiss
1: sorry. Swiss cheese O line. All your money is on that front, that front five or front seven, whatever you want to call it. That's that's where all your money on defense has been spent outside of Darius Slay. Mm. If you're not in Ben Danucci's face every single play, I don't, I don't want to talk to Jim Schwartz anymore. Like it, it'll be insane. Are you
0: talking to Jim Schwartz now?
1: Currently, no. But I'll continue <laughs> my refusal of talking to Mr. Schwartz uh, as as the season goes on. Well. Uh, but no. Everyone
0: heard it here first. It is, the reason that Greg Crone and Jim Schwartz are not close friends is because Greg Crone will not engage with
1: him. I refuse. I, was, I felt right. that he disrespected Jim Harbaugh and didn't just take the hard handshake. Um, in, in reality, like I don't ever know what to expect. The only week I knew we were going to definitely win was the 49ers week. Like That's mm-hmm. the only week I knew there was no way we were going to lose. Like, it, just, it just didn't make any sense. Last week, I, we walked to get ice cream. We, we took the kids. We stopped at this place near my house.
0: For, for the record, Greg's not talking about he and I.
1: No, 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 no. My family. We, we, we went in. I'm talking to the lady at the ice cream place. She's saying, oh, hey, you know, big game tonight. I said, yeah, maybe we could actually get a relaxing one. No, it has to be a heart attack in a 60-minute football game. Every week, and I expect nothing less. Cowboys, Sunday night football, Ben DiNucci being a hero. I can absolutely see this being the case. I can absolutely see it, because it this season stinks.
0: All right, well, I'm going to not make things any better for you here. Since I can't find the Eagles line, the line I'm going to give you that I found over at Bovada right now is the Penn State line. Oh. Uh-huh, I know, <laughs> and I'm sorry. They have Ohio State minus thirteen on the road. Where are you going? That's,
1: that's almost disrespectful to Ohio State, but yeah, it's
0: not close to enough in my mind.
1: <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think two touchdowns is very doable for that offense, and and I just I, I think I think Penn State and Sean Clifford are going to struggle to score. Like, I think that's that's the case. They struggled the entire first half against Indiana, and it took a, a deep bomb on a busted coverage to even get the lead late. Uh, and then they were set up at, like, the 10-yard line that scored the, the accidental touchdown. So I don't trust their offense. The Buckeyes win by slaughter. That's, that's the only way they can do it.
0: How, what is the actual definition of slaughter?
1: It's like three or four touchdowns. <laughs>
0: I like how we're going to leave that ambiguous. Hey, I don't know, 3 or 4. Put that line up on the on the website. <laughs> Just a slaughter. Ridiculous. All right, that's it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Worbottle. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.